If you believe the Lord is good, can you say an amen? amen. Say amen again. Amen. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. All right, let's open our Bibles quickly this morning. Let's commence this morning by, by declaring the glory of the Lord from the scriptures. Remember, I said we should make these things what? A habit. Wake up in the morning and put these words on your lips. Jeremiah chapter 10. We are going to read as usual from verse 6. We will read all the way from verse 16. Want to let's go? You are great. And great is your name in might. Who will not fear you, O king of the nations? Indeed, it is your due. For among all the wise men of the nations and in all their kingdoms, there is none like you. But they are altogether stupid and foolish. In their discipline of delusion, the idol is wood. Bitten silver is brought from Tarshish and gold from Euphrates. The work of a craftsman and of the hands of a goldsmith. Violet are popular, they are clothing. They are all the work of skilled men. But the Lord is a true God. He is the living God and the everlasting King. At his wrath, the earthquakes and the nations cannot endure his indignation. Thus you shall say to them, The gods that did not make the heavens and the earth we perish from the earth and from under the heavens. It is he who made the earth by his power, who established the world by his wisdom, and by his understanding he has stretched out the heavens. When he utters his voice, there is a tumult of waters in the heavens, and he causes the clouds to ascend from the end of the earth. He makes lightning for the rain and brings out the wind from his storehouses. Every man is stupid, the void of knowledge, Every goldsmith is shamed by his idols. For the images are deceitful, and there is no breath in them. They are worthless, a work of mockery. In the time of their punishment, they will perish. A portion of Jacob is not like this. For the maker of all is he, and Israel is the tribe of his inheritance. The Lord of hosts is his name. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. This morning, the glory of God is in our midst. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. All right, the Lord is good. Father, from you this morning, we receive instruction. We receive understanding. We receive insight. Lord, we receive direction. Lord, we receive direction. We receive wisdom. In the name of Jesus Christ. All right, before we take our seats, can we take our um, declaration of understanding? We want to let us go now, I declare. The Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I said amen. amen. The Lord is good. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. All the time. And all the time. The Lord is good. All right, let's take our seats. Simon, I command you to smile in Jesus' name. And that smile will not leave that face today in, uh, in Jesus' name. 
Everybody receive the spirit of joy. Mm-hmm. Gladness. Uh-huh. Thanksgiving. That's it. Please stop going around with your face frowning like that. If evil spirits will be following you. And that, that's not supposed to be a joke. Just when I do like this. <laughs> the angels will say, I beg, may give space. And once angels move, just go and read your Bible. Once the Holy Spirit from God goes away, you know what replaces it. Mm-hmm. I see you inside your car, you are driving, and you are face like this. Maybe I should jam you personally. All right? You must make up your mind in this life, you are going to be happy. I hope you're getting my point. Yes, sir. You, this, you, is, let me explain something. <laughs> I was chatting with him, you know, I chat with my classmates and all of that. One of them said something <laughs> the other day. Somebody posted something, all right, to, to interest you. The person was, you know, this would have liked to mock Christianity and all of that. So, the gist must have been on Twitter. So, they sent the, you know, screen capture uh, laughing. So, I said, what is funny here? Somebody said that um, when you read through the Bible, you will become an atheist. If you read, read it and understand it, you become an atheist. I said, my friend, this is very... I said, in fact, I wanted to use a worse word. But I said, this is what I, why I called Richard Dawkins a clown. In fact, according to um, Thomas, what, no, this Peterson guy, Jordan Peterson, Jordan Peterson said that Richard Dawkins argues against his own epistemology. That is, he argues against himself. That the guy argues against his own points. All right, which makes it, I've, I've heard him argue, and if you're a reasonable person, you know that Richard Dawkins' arguments are upside down. That is, you argue 1 plus 2, 1 plus 2, 1 plus 2, then he says it equals to half. He says, excuse me, you just been arguing 1 plus 2, 1 plus 2. If you, if you arrive at 3, then he will arrive at half. And he will give you 1, point, 1 plus 2, you know, eloquently. Then the deduction is, it's half. I know, now you are confused. No, let me give an example. One day somebody asked him, the person said, you don't believe in God, he said no. I said, okay, good. This person asking has a Nobel Prize in chemistry. Richard Dawkins is a biologist, okay? So these are scientists. But I wanted to understand that this person asking has a Nobel Prize in chemistry. So he said, Dawkins, let's think about this. He said, is there a possibility that we are looking at um, laws and things that somebody created and we're just discovering, now he, speaking, is an agnostic. He doesn't really know whether there's God or not. He said, but he's willing to entertain the thought that maybe they are studying the works of somebody. He asked Dawkins, are you open to such a you know, suggestion, such a thought? Dawkins said no. He said why? Dawkins said, for somebody to be able to do all of this and all of that, he would have to be extremely intelligent. Are you confused? No, no, you should be because they said, do you believe in God? He said, no. He said, what if maybe there is a God who created, we don't know, and we are just studying his works? The guy says, it's not possible. He said, why is this not possible? He said, because, you see, anybody who would do all of this was very intelligent. Is that not why we call him God? No, he said nobody did. <laughs> I don't know whether you're getting my point. That this guy argues against himself. So the, the day I heard, I saw that clip, I followed one of my classmates who, who follows the guy. I said, this is the person you follow? I said, I'm disappointed. I said, I am disappointed. How can you be following this kind of person? Now, this is where I'm going. So I said, this is why I tell you, now, because of this clip, that somebody said, if you read the Bible, everything, you see that, I said, 
Let me tell you how silly this argument is. If you read the Bible, all you can do at worst is to hate God. Because it can't say because of that you deny that there is a God. I say because you could have left it and gone to become a Muslim. You could have left the Bible and gone to become a Hindu. Why is that the only option you chose is atheism? I say, no, the truth is not atheism. It's God-hatred. Now, why am I telling the whole story? So I told one of my classmates. I said, listen, my friend, the person I was talking to. I said, let's not argue. Leave the Bible out. Listen to, that's why I began the whole thing. I said, atheism is a moral choice. It's not based on arguments. It's not based on facts. It's a moral choice. It's a defense. It's a mental defense for walking iniquity. That's what it is. You have to tell yourself there are no consequences for what I'm doing. And if you listen to them, like this American, uh, is it Bill Mayer, that American comedian? Yes, you see him. He kept on saying that there's nothing like karma. There's nothing like retribution. He doesn't believe there's anything like consequences for what you do. Like, so if we don't catch you by law, if there is no medical repercussion, anything you do is done. So, you see, this is how people, you know, this is how they, it's called, yeah, cope, that's the word. It's, an, it's called ego defense in Freudian psychology. It's ego defense. You have to find a way to keep your mind at peace because, and like the person I was talking with, I told my wife, I said, anytime I get there, I said, he always backs off. You can see it's, I don't want to face this matter. One day I told him, I said, boy, there's no need to hide. Jesus forgives. There's no need to hide. Ask for forgiveness. It's never too late why you can ask. As long as you can ask, just cry and say, please. You can't be telling me you are committing crimes and you say, there's no judge, there's no judge. Did they catch you? The judge will not say, do you believe in me? They are going to shackle you in his presence. Whether you say guilty or not guilty, he will try you. If he finds you guilty, he will apply the appropriate punishment. If it is death by hanging, they are going to hang you by your neck until you are dead. If it is life imprisonment, they are going to put your butt in jail till you die there. Nobody is going to come and say, you are in jail? Do you believe in the judge? No. <laughs> they are going to read your sentence and you will go and serve your sentence. But seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way. And let the unrighteous man forsake his thoughts. And God will have mercy in abundance. Why did I go into all of that? Oh, God, Simon, I started this my discussion this morning. <laughs> that you have to make up your mind in this life, I will be happy. Tell you, let me just tell those of you who are married, husband and wife. The most annoying person in this life to a man is his wife. And the most annoying person to the Wife is a husband. Nobody annoys you as much as the person you see all the time. True now. What concerns me? If you keep your shoes on top of your bed. No, I'm asking you. If you keep your shoes on your bed. How is it my business? I mean, I I might want to lie down there. But if I see socks on my bed, which my wife puts there. Not shoe now. Ordinary socks. I'm wondering, why... Do I have socks? Especially on my side of the bed, you know? 
you know, you know beds are divided. Forget this, uh, the two shall become one flesh. Everybody knows the side of the bed. Though. The funny thing is that whether my wife is around or not, I can't sleep on the other side. That place doesn't have sleep. All the spirit of sleep is on there's this side. And when I tell my children, I say, go to my room. Hmm? Please go to my, they know this side. I want to get to my side, easy to know. That's why you find the wires, the leftover cables, you know. So if I find socks on my side of the bed, I need to ask questions. So nobody annoys you or has the potential to annoy you as much. Okay, let me give an example. I got home yesterday. My wife did not lock the window when she was leaving the house. Can you believe that? She left the window open. And I'm wondering, what if it rained? Now, I'm going to tell you something that will make you laugh. I never forget to shut the windows when I'm leaving the house. Never. I can say it with boldness. God, please don't make me forget now to make me humble. Please. So you could go there and say, why this window? Why is it open? Not only was the glass open, the, the, the drape was open. No, like I just looked like, what? So you know what I did? I just ignored it. If it's before, you know what I would do. Madam, try and be closing this. What if, you, if I'll give you a lecture? I know they give you a lecture again. If it rains, you enter the room, it will dry. Have you noticed that? Where I'm going is that I found out not too long ago, funny, I don't think Pastor Van Gogh, oh God, I've been speaking to you for a long time. I've been there for a long time. My ears were open not too long ago. I made up my mind, I shall be happy. And I hope my wife made up her mind too, because, see, offenses must come. You know this way life is? Offenses must do what? Must go. Uh-uh. And that's how Satan works. So. Satan is an eye director. You know what that means? Just help your eye look at and focus. See the socks on this, your side of the bed, near the pillow. Unwashed socks. No, you just be seeing things. You see the gems come out of the socks. Satan <laughs> will say, oh boy, you, you, you need a microscope. Say, use a microscope. You know whether it's Clostridium or it is Staphylococcus. Or it is streptococcus. Let me show you the one that causes more problems. See, once you start, it's Satan. What did I say? It is Satan. Say, ah, Satan. Satan is a talker. Job cho 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 cho. Hello. Did your wife really say? Was it you she was talking to? Or your son? Oh. Me, I can't take it too. I said, where's your wife? <laughs> you can't take it. Say you, sadness is your portion every day. You want to now add me to your choir of sad people. Husband and wife, let me just teach you. You know what, one of the things you will learn. Have you ever heard of say, you have to communicate, you know, like, communicate. One of the things I learned long ago, it's not everything they communicate. I said, I used to tell people to say, no care communicator. You know, there used to be one, the most expensive phone those days was a Nokia communicator. You know what I found out? It's not everything they communicate. Sometimes you just bury it in the sea of forgetfulness. Sometimes you just forget it. You just say, I leave it. You just communicate on everything. 
I used to try to communicate to, I learned from the things that I suffered. But most communications end up in disagreement. So just leave it. You can make up your mind just to be happy. Do you get my point? Just wake up, make up your mind, you will be happy. That is, today, joy is my portion. What's making you happy? Happiness. What did you say? I said, yes, I am happy because of happiness. I collected it from inside. That's what it means by joy in the Holy Spirit. That is, there is no explanation apart from the joy itself. I hope you know that's what it means by when you say joy in the Holy Spirit. It means that it's not joy in the new car. It's not joy in the new money. Not joy in a new child born. Not joy in the joy in uh, Naira as appreciated against it. That is, just wake up in the morning. There's no physical reason for the joy. But you are happy. Why? Because you tapped into what is called joy in the Holy Spirit. And one thing, the Holy Spirit will not force the joy upon you. You have to make up your mind. Though the victory will not blossom. <laughs> Do you get my point? I just made up my mind that I'm going to be happy. But television spoiled last night, so we will not watch TV. We'll do tales by moonlight. After all, when the television come into this life, Seth? When I was young, you know there was no television actually. No, 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 no. See, you missing there was television. There was no TV. There was just one box that works from 5 o'clock to 12 midnight. Is that what you call television by today's standard? The young children, these they can't know. Look at us, this people. Let me explain so that people will know. Because by the time these ones were born, there was already DSTV. They use baby network to entertain you. You know baby TV. I mean, was saw baby TV on uh, my TV those days. <laughs> when we were children, there was one box, a cube-like box, with the palipo called the devil's box. It came on at 4.30 with two. To do that too, there's already lines will appear. And if you have a color TV, it will come like a rainbow. Then, dun, 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 dun. Bam, bam, bam. they will first sing national anthem. Then, baby TV, news, documentary, movie, everything must be compressed between that 5 o'clock and 12 midnight. We call that television. That's not TV now. Because these days, you watch anything. Any time, any how, any anytime you like it. I know. Why am I saying too much about TV? But you know that time we're happy. We're very, very happy. These children of this, they don't know, they don't even know what they have. They don't even have play. They don't have play in their life. How many of you have made kite and chased kite down the road? They don't even know what I'm talking about. The kite they know is a bird. What we call kite, we made it ourselves tie the rope to it, and watch the wind pull it into the sun. And we played. Now what am I saying? So television has spoiled in your house now. You say you won't be happy. So to discover the joy of the Lord. That's what I'm going to say with all this talk I'm talking. There's no need to... You say you wake up in the morning, the car did not start. If it doesn't start, leave it there. Remove the battery head. Like one of my guys would do, you jack the motor up. I said, you, I'm not repairing you. Hey, by the way, if you have a car that you drive for three days and it drives it for two days, <laughs> say, no, I'm not driving at all again. 
You have a guy like that. His car, he drove the car for three days. The car would drive him for two days. After a while, I said, boy, this is not the life of God. Leave it. All of this, what am I going to say? You just make up your mind to be what? Happy. Make up your mind to be happy. I want all of you that your joy depends on the price of the dollar. You will get high blood pressure and get heart failure. God is my witness. All this one that happened recently did not make me do mm, mm, eh, uh, or look this way. It didn't concern you. It didn't concern me. In fact, some of my classmates used to wonder that what is up with this guy? As if I'm just deceiving myself. I said, look, I've been deceiving myself now forever. I'm happier than you. Just join my self-deception for a moment. You will still get to where God wants to take you to in this life. I hope you're getting my point. See, let me not stay, let me not stay there. Let me just end what I'm, I'm saying. Now Simon gave me a message this morning. No? The guy came in here. Look at his face when he came in this morning. I forbid. I don't even care what happened before he left home. You will come. Jesus said, anoint your face. I want those of you women that say, because maybe you go to deep go, or go to mountain. Hmm? You don't know how to look nice. Just don't disobey the Lord. He said, anoint your face. Did you hear what I said? Yes. I will get to my message in a moment. This is where I'm going. Before you leave the house, look in the mirror. Look at yourself that will somebody want to greet me? I hope you're getting my point. Now, please, I want to, it's a practice. Go and put a mirror, if you can, near your exit. Obina, what is now in it? Just near, just the exit, just before you open the door to go out, put one half full length mirror, you know, half length. Uh huh. Mirror there, wide enough for your shoulder. Look inside and say, Does, will somebody want to greet this guy I'm seeing here, this lady here? Would they ask what is wrong with me? If the answer is yes, they will ask what is wrong with you. Go back inside, don't go out. That's the commandment of the Lord. If you are fasting till it shows on your face, that fast is of Satan. If you cannot fast in such a manner that it won't show on your face, Jesus is not with you. Just do it inside your house. Once you have to leave your house or are feeling sorry for you, there's a problem. I hope you're getting my point. There was one woman when I was in Luther. That woman made you hate pregnancy. Because when she's pregnant, she was the ugliest human being I ever saw. She will have hair that is due. You know hair that is due. You know what women call hair that is due? On that growth. You'll be looking at her like this, that. You're wondering, how did you manage to get this pregnancy? Because looking like this, you can't get it. No, it's just not possible. Unless the man is demon possessed, because normal person will not be attracted to this. When she's walking like this, he will now go and take her husband's. I never met the husband, but the guy must have been big. You know how I know? The shirt she used to wear. Obviously, it was his shirt. After running away one kilometer from the sleep, she reached her wrist. This woman will be, I'll be looking at her like this. Why are you making it look like pregnancy is a problem? Pregnancy is not a problem. Ah, I thank God for my wife. That time she was pregnant, she will want to get belly. She will even use it to dress the cloth, you know. The board is part of the design. I hope you're getting my point. Yes. Make up your face, make up your baby's face. How do you do it? I don't know, but just make sure. <laughs> make sure everybody's looking nice. 
not looking like leaving your house and people are wondering that, hey, is the world coming to an end? They should, as you are leaving, they should want, ah, good morning, man. How are you doing? In a win jackpot for that house. He says, it's the job of the Lord, though. Now, the point I make is that it's a decision you make. Oh. That mirror, I'm not joking, no. Go and look for where you can check yourself before you leave the house and stop disgracing Jesus Christ. Some of you, when you see them, you don't want to believe. Why should I believe? Life is hard enough as it is. Why do I want to join your own sect where everybody's looking like? They, 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 as if they must be on, in hellfire so to avoid hellfire. You must go to hellfire first. Rejoice. Again, I say what? Rejoice. Rejoice. Again, I say what? Rejoice. Say it like you, are, you believe it. you. That is no in fact, the worst things are, the more deliberate you be in what? In rejoicing. Just look in the mirror and say, I will be happy. I will be happy. I will be happy. No matter what, I am going to be happy. You will not discourage me. But you don't have money. I didn't say I will have money. I said I will be happy. That's a different matter. Now, I want you to understand that depression is a spirit. Yeah. The other day, the, the, the spirit tried me. And it got me for a few seconds. I just started feeling bad. So bad that one of my sons that opened the door for me said, like, Daddy, are you okay? And let me tell you something about depression. It's such a terrible spirit. There's something about evil spirits. They open doors for others. They come in packs. One will get in first. All right? And then start opening the door for other spirits. And that's why you don't want to tolerate anyone. Now, can I just say this? Don't expect that it's only when you join a coven or they tell you that if your great-grandfather was a, an Obanje spirit, then you have demons in your house. Anybody can have demons. Demons are r- r- running around looking for where to enter. They are homeless. They are knocking doors every day in a guest space. Just one night. Don't mind devil. Oh. That one night, if you give it an inch, to take a yard. If you take, give it a yard, it takes a mile. If you tell the devil you can stay one day, stay one year. And anybody that can stay one year, stay in ten. And if you can stay ten, ah, you say, why, oh God, why, do we have to, why do you want to drive me out? So don't let it in one moment. The point I'm making is this. The spirit of sorrow and depression will come in. Now, many times you will think it has a reason. I'll begin my point. You have been broke. Somebody has disappointed you. You know, you've been sick. Something, you know, has happened. It will enter. After entering, you now stay there. Let me tell you what it does. That spirit is very wicked. Do you know it even brings the spirit of tumors, malignancies? Yes. Yeah. One of the major things it does, I found out from reading anyway, just observing what other people have seen. It tends to bring the spirit of chronic ailments like arthritis, even loss of vision. I've I've read the story of people that they were okay, nothing was wrong with their eyes. They went through that bout of depression. They woke up one day, they were blind. Doctors have names for you too. I can give you two names. But let's not bother giving the names. That, because when spiritual things work, they always leave a physical trail. It's a physical trail that science studies. And they will not say that they call this spirit. It's not spirit. We have found what it is. I laugh at them. The other day, I was watching a Neil, what's the name of that guy? Tyson. Is it Tyson? The, anyway, grass, Tyson, whatever. You know the guy. Yeah. The American 
physicists. They asked him whether he believed in God. It was like, well, 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 well. He now described what um, the British physicists call the God of the gaps. That no, we're not dealing with the God of the gaps here. What do you mean by God of the gaps? Anything we don't understand, we say is God. That man said, no. What we understand is understanding the ways of God. So, the, um, the American guy, the Tyson guy, he was still describing what they call the God of the gaps. They were saying, like, he said, no, now it's not as if he doesn't want to believe in God, but that he has found out that many things they used to call Zeus, they have now understand that electrical discharge through the clouds in what they call lightning. And when I heard it, I said, this is why this some, so intelligence can be a stronghold. You think you, you understand science, so you know life. But the other physicists, they've explained that you all we have learning is methods. What about purpose? What about the first, what they call the first cause? Why should there be charges in the clouds in the first place? Why did the universe not expand into a mass of energy? Why did it have to condense into planets and stars and all of that? That is what God is. That is who God is. That's the power of God. When I first came to Enugu then, because they didn't have many pathologists around, a lot of used to come to me. There's somebody that they want to do autopsy. I learned something very, very early. I said to them, excuse me, because there is family disputes. And when I give this lecture, do you know, at least 80% of the times they don't come back. I said, look, I will conduct an autopsy on your diseased loved one, not a problem. I will find, most likely, why the person died. I said, excuse me, I don't find witches. I don't find arrows from the village. I tell them like that. I'm telling you, this. I see people down in my office, I'm talking to them. I cannot find the arrow from the village. I can't find the witch that killed the person. I said, however, if the witch used a stroke, I will see the stroke. If the witch used, there are many things, a ruptured vessel in the abdomen, I will find it. If he used a heart failure, I will find it. But to tell you this is the work of a witch beyond my boundaries. Do you know 80% of the times they don't show up again? I said, oh, you guys are expecting me to find, do I look like a false prophet? <laughs> do I look like a false prophet? I said, no, no. Where I'm going is that, no, it's not like a joke, but it, 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 I wasn't trying to explain to them, some of them may be interpreted like that, then I didn't believe in witchcraft. Look, you want to know the truth? I believe in witchcraft. I've seen enough personally or spiritual things to know those things like that must exist. Now, that's first. But beyond that, I have heard cred, you know, testimonies from people who would not lie. It's not possible for them to lie. There's nothing to gain from lying. Some of them, white men who came to Africa. I'll mention two. Derek Prince and John Graham Lake. Lake, when he would describe things that he saw, a man said, I will set the other man on fire. He said, is that so? He wants to see what it's like to set a man on fire. He travels to go to stay with the other man that they want to set on fire. And that man is back somewhere else, 100 kilometers away. And he's doing his, you know, his incantations and his sacrifice and all of that. And the other guy, where Gile was watching, began to get a fever. Until the guy became so hot, he was going to die before him of a heat stroke. So he called his men and said, let's save this guy. And they surrounded him. And commanded the devil to get out, and the man recovered. I've seen authentic, you know, credible testimonies. One that was told to me by my mother. Her, you know, the head of the school then told her that 
when he wanted to marry his own wife, the father refused. Somebody told him, kill the man. And he traveled to do it. And the witch doctor conjured up the man's spirit. And he saw with his eyes the man's face, I think, either in water or in a mirror. And gave him a knife. You want him to die? Strike that water with a knife. The man will die. He said he looked and told the man. He said, just look at the man. He was looking at the man. Back, and this man is somewhere far away. He had to travel. He said, suddenly, compassion. He felt sorry, both for himself. I'm adding the other one now for himself. He said, but what he said is that he felt sorry for the man. So he told the man, no. Fear caught, like he too. He became afraid. So Africans, they do things. And not only Africans. If, if you ever learned, if you ever saw this, um, go and check it out. On, it should be there on YouTube. Witch's Invitation by Carman. Carman is spelled C-A-R-M-A-N. It's a story of another preacher. Encounter he had with a warlock. So the guy was showing, look, I killed this man by performing druid worship. I was paid to curse this man with AIDS by his aunt. We showed the things he had done. Some of them published in newspapers. This one, I killed him. This one, I did this. This was all I needed to do. What, what is, is a musical, but it's based on the true story. So I believe in witches. I don't think I don't. I, I went to all of this and to explain some things. So when I tell people that I don't see the, I won't see the witch, I mean it. What you always see, okay, is the, spirit, is the tools. And that's what scientists, that's what I was to explain. Scientists now, because they found somebody, maybe I said somebody went blind from depression, a spirit of depression. They now said, okay, they found he had retinal artery thrombosis. Don't, don't, be, don't be stupid. That's what I was saying too. I just used a different expression. If we cast out that spirit, that thrombosis, you'll be surprised, it will melt. And the retainer you told me could not recover, will recover. When the spirit holds something, you'll be telling me, you'll be quoting science for me. Do you know where the calcium channels came from? You know somebody that spoke and calcium channel came into be? You don't know spirits can enter and block it? What are you talking about? Many people have no, only have half knowledge. That's why I'm so happy the way God raised me up to be a preacher. When I talk to scientists, I'm looking like, what are you saying that we don't know now? Say it. Say the thing you want to say that we don't know. And God gave me a personal interest. I like to explore. When they say they launch new telescope, me too, I'll go and look at what they are saying. At the end of the day, it doesn't undermine my faith. If anything, it confirms it. It gives me understanding. Back to the meaning I was trying to say. So when I tell you that spirit of depression can make people go blind, that's not a joke. Can give you a brain tumor. So if the spirit wants to enter your house, say, don't come here. He says, spirit, let's understand something. I have enough problems now with the money I have and don't have. Why do you not want to give me more problems? I'll be paying for high expensive drugs to treat things that I don't have currently. If only for safety reasons, let me just be playing. And let me just be dancing in my house and thanking God. That way I will not have to pay for the medicine you're asking me to pay for. Because when that spirit of depression comes, it just stays and says, what do we give, give us? He says, glaucoma, you have house? Glaucoma says, I'm, I'm, I'm. they cast me out the last place. I was. So. The other one said, no, I, my person don't die. And we are, it's not yet time to go into the lake of fire. So they look for who else. He said, come now, this one is depressed now. And then they enter the eye. The other one will now say, ah, he can't see well, but he's walking straight. Say, spirit of ankylosing spondylitis. You get space? You, you, are you looking for house? 
Come on, say I get to. One preacher came to our village that day. Cast all of us out. <laughs> he said, come here now. There's space. There's no preacher around here to cast this one out. At the end of three, four years of depression, this person has six chronic ailments. And of course, we'll not write articles on it. That's how we get promoted, academics. Presupposing factors to this. We'll not be listing it. So what is now their treatment? We'll not give you some useless drugs to make you poorer. That's it. We'll start, we'll start writing articles. I read all those articles. And I just be shaking my head. I say, hey, God in heaven. Can't we see oppression of evil spirits here? Look, I can give you as a fact. A lot of diseases they find have in some countries. There's a reason why some countries don't have them. See, I've told you, see. Please. Don't let one whole month not pass. And you didn't find one wedding to attend. If you don't see wedding, then go for a funeral of an old man. Not a young person's funeral. You know this kind of person for a life well lived. Papa died at 99. And the children come, they kill cow. Go. When they say, nah, you know, there's church wake keep. Just sing two or three songs and then we'll go and sit down. There's traditional wake keep. They did one in my, neighbor, my former neighborhood. I joined them that day. People were dancing in circles and just dancing. And they danced for hours until I tired, I left, I went home. You need to go for one like that. Make sure it's an old person. Don't do anything bad though. Just that dancing, that's what I'm talking about. And sharing food and thanking God for a life well lived. Then go for a wedding. Don't go for those, uh, don't go for a woman's wedding. Go for African wedding. One guy wedded in Enugu here years ago. Remember the guy, that, that, that worry guy. He and his wife danced, the rest of us tired. They danced, danced. I was looking like, what energy do you people have left after today's that, that, That's the kind of wedding you want to go for. You will dance, that is, groom is coming in, you dance. Bride is coming in, you dance. They want to go out to dance, you join them. One girl in my office that time, every time you come. <laughs> I look at what is the problem now? They said that my lungs, my lungs. Okay, sick leave, no problem, you go. After another three few months, come again. <laughs> this is my back. When did I look at this girl? I said, which church do you go to? Say I'm a Catholic. I said, it's okay to be a Catholic, but you need to join when I'm small. I said, she be Catholic half mass, 7 a.m. I said, after 7 a.m., just go to the nearest winner's branch. Go and do. I said, I told you again. I said, look, 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 look. That is why you're always sick. I said, it's lack of Sunday dancing. No, after, you know what I mean? It'll be like I'm joking. You have to have a place where you dance. With happiness. I don't mean dance uh, to Bonner Boy. I mean the joy of the Lord. He has given me victory. I will lift him higher. <laughs> Jehovah. You know that kind of thing. You, <laughs> you need it. You need it. That when you feel when they say, you know, what you call praise, praise worship is not praise. It's called celebration. You, but I've seen churches that, I said, how will pastor preach today? Everybody is carrying chair there. It's good. Those people are not going to get depressed. I'm telling you. 
I thank God for Kingdom World Ministries. So you talk, 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 teach, teach, it's good. I'm not saying it's bad. You came here to learn, teach, Abby. But you need a balance. If you go to the church, everything they say, join the youth church. You know, that is the, you know what is why people get old? They don't join youth things. One is why young people are young. It's not just because they are young, but because they do young things. Have you, ever, you see them in church now, when they say, yeah, okay, when is the, the, the fathers that want to do their own song, they all come like this. What is the voice? Hey, I got the devil second lyrics that will pierce your heart. Grab a hold of your seat. I'm about to start. Listen very close. Uh-uh. As they are doing like this, eh? 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 All the youthfulness inside them will come out. Listen, six-year-old man, join them for two weeks. You said we will become young. I know that you will become young. Yeah, this, this, uh, it's because you are behaving old. I read many years ago, Reader's Digest. You were talking about why old will be, become the way they are. He said, when I see children, they play. He said, if you tell a child, go and get something for me from here. You climb this chair, cross there, go behind there. I had a cousin like that. He would climb the speaker, go over the fence. By the time the boy reaches there, he has gone over the roof of this building. So, Jesus just said, you're old people. You self-try. So, I do it. Till now, I do it. I learned this thing more than 20 years ago. More than 20 years ago, I learned this thing. So, there's one place in my office, in UNTH. If I'm walking a particular path, there's a, there's a walkway. You can go this way, then you now see where you can climb a small step. But there's one, you know this... Um, this old pipe made of like uh, asbestos, like an asbestos pipe, very thick. So it crosses that place. There are a few of them. They run cables to some of them. Like one of them, it, it shields our armored cable, all right, from one big generator. When I get it, people are like, sir, sir, what are you doing? I look at them. I climb it. I walk like a pole. You know those guys, those people that uh, do um, tightrope walker. Thank you. I walk like on a tightrope to the other end. They're like, sir, don't follow. I said, that is why I won't fall. Don't worry. I, do you know I do that? There's no day I reach that place. I don't do that thing. It was Reader's Digest. said it then. That exercise your cerebellum, your balancing system. You do like a child. I hope I get my point. Keep on doing somersault. You won't die. You should do somersault. I'm telling you, look, look. Don't just, you know, people just make up their mind. I know people that since they, since they were 20-something, they decided they are old. It's as if they, they have this cocky thing about them. Can't do what these young boys are doing. If they now mistakenly have beers like mine. Hey! They'll even get a walking stick. Now, they want to sit down. Now sit down gently. Why are you practicing for disease? Sit down roughly. Jump down from somewhere. Learn how to land on the ball of your toes. You know, just down. Pow! Continue like that. Strengthen your bones. Don't let the spirit of depression age you all of a sudden. I saw something the other day. Somebody said, which spirit is aging you? I've not watched that video. I should. It was, in, it was I think, on a Supernatural. One woman was explaining how spirits age people. Yes, I've not watched it. Even I, I downloaded the video into my device. Say, so which spirit is aging you? That spirits age people. Please, you have to resist. 
Uh, and don't joke with it. Don't do like uh, just want to feel. You know, some people like ah, those people were learning the sociology of um, sickness. Yeah, we learned that in uh, public health when I was a student. There's what they call playing the sick role. Not called playing the sick role. Once you just six more, you give us an excuse for everything, for going late to work, for anything. You just want that is you just you create a rule. You know, you know I'm sick. I remember one little boy, the one way there, he did something bad. So I went to beat him. He said, ah, you know I'm not feeling well now. <laughs> that is. <laughs> he said, ah, you know I'm not feeling. Little boy. He said, but I'm not feeling. Like, you're not supposed to discipline me. Anything I do now is acceptable. Why? I'm not feeling well. <laughs> no, no, don't play the sick role. Resist it as early as possible. I'm not saying you shouldn't take your rest. You should. Sometimes we fall ill because we need to rest. But after the rest is over, all right, cast away the garment of sickness. Cast it away. Don't let Satan donate any garments to you that's not your own. See, I'm not saying there are no reasons for depression, but we refuse the depression. There are reasons, but we just say no, we don't want. Because of the spirit it brings with it. And please, you know, now I will say this, make some people laugh, but I'm quoting somebody, the reprint has said it. He said, the way you dress can attract evil spirits into your life. Now, I'm not talking about dressing like you're crazy. You know, there are people that, they are crazy. There's no difference between private things and public things when they are dressing. That's not that. I'm talking about the spirit of the harlot. And I'm not talking about the spirit of, um, you know, notice me. I'm talking about just looking nice. I went to class the other day. I saw one student. I said, next time you come to my class, without your shirt ironed. I will walk you out. That's, that was the only thing he committed. Though. His shirt was not ironed. I said, look around. Look at me. I told him, look at the guy beside you. So this guy did not iron his own, you can see, but you can see he folded it neatly. So what you can see, just the fold lines. So why do you want to go around making the world think that? You know, Satan knows who are his friends. What, it it sounds funny, eh? but I'm, I'm being real. Don't leave your house, you need to iron your shirt. For what? Satan is looking for friends. Don't locate you. Your shirt is dirty, you are wearing it. Are you crazy? Don't wash it for goodness sake and iron it. You don't have to have plenty. The little you have make it look nice all the time. Please, I'm serious about this. Dress well. I'm very serious about it. Dress nicely. Let the spirit of depression say, realize, oh, more. oh boy, I miss Ruth. See, when spirit of depression is upon you, let me tell you something to make you laugh. Now, you can laugh if you want, but it's the truth. If you face a mirror like this, and you're a woman, and you bring out your pancake, the first one you rub like this, the spirit will go to the other side. I know, I know what I'm telling you. Once you first clear your face, the spirit says, what are you doing? Look at the spirit what do you mean? What are you doing? Say, I am anointing my face. Say, you, are, you know you are not happy. Say, just watch. At the end of the day, we will decide. When you look at your face like this, you balance the eyebrow here. Balance this one here. Touch this, touch this. The spirit is leaving. It's going to your neighbor's house. That one that goes to deep, it's going to his house. <laughs> now just come. This world is not my home. I'm just the spirit. Say, good. It's not your home. Spirit of gloom and mourning. No, you have to say no. I don't agree. You anoint your face. You come out. Look, straighten your hair. You don't have to do expensive hair. Are you my? Well, do the hair. Go there. Comb it very well. What do you do? You women put this in jail. You know, when you stretch it like this, the hair will stay there. You put like the hair will stay there. If you do that, the spirit will leave. 
He thinks every day they use a, I command. Uh, some spirits, as they do, I command. They also do, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some of those spirits, they're just playing with people. There's one joke I saw the other day. I said, good, they, they got it right. The pastor was, I cast out. The guy rolling on the ground. I said, come on, I bind you. The guy rolling on the ground, rolling on the ground. Hey. So somebody said, I beg who they sell. The man on the ground got up. He came. <laughs> opened the shop. He saw what he wanted to sell. Locked the thing back and came to lie on the ground again. <laughs> what I'm just trying to say is that, you know, if you have this doctrine that I don't admit my face, you will have a high dose of the spirit of depression. See, there's nothing wrong with women looking nice. Nothing. Nothing. Wear nice big earrings, shiny. Nothing wrong with it. Go and read Ezekiel chapter 16. God, that's when he catches naked people. He dresses them up and puts jewelry on them. Nothing wrong. They say that uh, the people in Israel, they use their own to build an, a, a calf. Just don't build a calf with your own. Use your own to build the tabernacle. I hope you're getting my point. Yes. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Who just make bad habits into doctrines. Some people, you know, they are sorry for their sins, so they are repenting. He don't do. Now, God don't forgive. Okay, you wore sackcloth and ash. Three years later, you're still wearing sackcloth and ash. Jesus is looking at you and saying, Okay, you are beginning to insult me. So you are trying to prove I don't forgive people. You are, saying, are you the only one that sinned? People they crucify with me, I forgive them on the cross. What's your problem? You are still here trying to feel sorry for the sins of your ancestors. Look, leave your ancestors alone. They are Moala, you know, be your Moala. You have changed ancestry. It has been switched. The lineage has been switched. So my great-grandfather was a, was a juju doctor. How does it concern me? It doesn't concern me. My ancestor I know now, I can give you two of them. Two of them. One is called Abraham, the father of faith. Go and see how Abraham married Isaac for, uh, sorry, married Rebecca for Isaac. When the servant was going, he packed gold. When he saw this was a woman, she, what it was first thing she did, he loaded her wrists with gold bangles. Ah, ah. Laban and Co. say, Omo, what is going on here? <laughs> you were really serious, you know? <laughs> so please leave that spirit of depression alone. That's what I'm making. And please, oh God, I'll get to my message in a moment. You must hear my message today. This one was just a gist. I keep on saying these things. Eh? Why are you making national problem look like it's only your own? So president wanted to buy presidential yacht. Okay, it's not a good expenditure. It do. Don't be vexing again for another one week. The president says it's not me. There is Navy that called the boat presidential boat because of security feature. But what's my, my own? How is it now enough cost to be angry every day? Dollar moved from uh, 700 to 1,000. Are you the only one in the country? See, they have a saying in Western Nigeria, I think it's all over Africa, that when the sky is falling, it's not one man's trouble. Yeah, the sky is falling. They hear people, when I saw this global woman, they make me laugh. What's more, that small girl that doesn't know anything? No, 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 Malala. Malala even knows book. Now, no, Malala knows book. Now, only bullet is passed through in head. That girl's head is so strong, bullet passed through, she survived. <laughs> Give it to Malala. I like Malala. It is a greater Thunberg, I don't understand. How can you be 15 and campaigning what you don't understand? I hope you know she, she, she's, she's all a package scam. 
She's a package scam. How you know she's a scam is that at, in teenage years, you don't have enough understanding to be able to worry about the temperature of the globe. And everything that little German girl has said has been a lie. You sit down in your house, you're worrying about the temperature of polar bears. If I were you, should be worried that somebody asked me yesterday, one of my classmates just came back from, uh, was asking all of us, just came back from the UK. He said, he said, he said that whether bushmeat has gone extinct. <laughs> now I said, no, no, I said it's not yet extinct. That they, 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 they even do farming of bushmeat now. Yes. He was asking about, not, not bushmeat, the particular one he asked for, um, grass cutter. He said, whether grass cutter has gone extinct. Because when, he said, the way would the Ah, he said, maybe it has gone next thing. These are the things you should be concerned about, not about whether polar, polar ice is melting. Come on, you're in Africa. You're in Nigeria. You should be checking, is uh, grass cutter extinct or not? And if you think it's been extinct, you go start a grass cutter farm to prevent the extinction. No, you're just being altruistic. See, I'm trying to prevent extinction of grass cutter. In that process, I can make 10 million, it doesn't matter, but at least it will not be extinct. You farm Farm grass cutter be says the African will sit down here be telling me that uh, polar polar ice is melting. And I'm looking at it and say. But the point I'm making, of course, get my main point there. Or I don't get into the arguments of weather or no climate change. By the way, the climate only goes in cycles. It's not, it changes, you know now. In the morning, the sun comes out. At night, the sun goes. That's a daily cycle. Then you have rainy season. And then dry season. That's a yearly cycle. There are cycles that are measured in decades. There are also cycles that are measured in centuries and in millennia. Okay, so let nobody come and confound and deceive you. Okay? What I'm trying to say, don't get yourself involved in things that are too wonderful for you. And you're getting into depression over it. Prosperity is... Anyway, let me not, let me not sit on that too much. Let me just sit, stop there. Let me stop there. What am I saying today? Tell your neighbor, Be happy. Talk to someone, say, be happy. happy. Say, rejoice in the Lord. Lord. Say, reject the spirit of heaviness. heaviness. Turn to somebody else, say, be happy. happy. Rejoice in the Lord. Lord. Reject the spirit of heaviness. heaviness. I want to say that one more time. Reject the spirit of heaviness. heaviness. Now, now talk to yourself. Say, I I reject the spirit of heaviness. I drink the spirit of joy. I drink the spirit of gladness. I drink the spirit of freedom. Say, I am free. I am free. There's no heaviness on my soul. Now, say, spirit of heaviness. Out in Jesus' name. With all your load. And all your friends. With all your companions. The spirit of blindness, the spirit of high blood pressure, the spirit of strokes, the spirit of arthritis. Now, there's what they call systemic lupus erythematosus, SLE. Now, I, I had to give you that name because there's no other name that is called, okay? It's just called short lupus, okay? Because some of you say, why are you saying big English? That is, it doesn't have any other name. They short, they call, they short it, shorten it to lupus. It's a very terrible sickness, very, very terrible. It's commoner in women than in men, all right? It tends to be common around them. Um, I've seen it in the young people, all right? 
I mean, the youngest I've seen, which were that one we had to, they were confounded, so there's a test they had to do, so I gave him the diagnosis. All right, the guy was about 18 to 22, 18. So it's, but generally it's found in slightly older people, 30s, 40s, that about, okay? Now it's, a, it's an evil spirit. He has a medical diagnosis, but an evil spirit. You know, I'm emphasizing that. You can, we are going to drive that spirit out of somebody this morning. Amen. Yes. I did not stay with you again in Jesus' name. Amen. So that spirit of infirmity, that's the proper name. It's a spirit of infirmity. We cast it out now in Jesus' name. Amen. You listening to me, be free in the name of Jesus. Amen. It crept in through a crack in the soul, maybe depression or intense anger and frustration or you know, the intense disappointment that you didn't get over on time. The spirit jumped in. Now we command it to get out. Amen. Now you close the door. You have to close the door. You have to close the door by forgiveness, close the door by constantly rejoicing, close the door by rejecting heaviness of any sort. The world will try to give you a reason to be depressed. This morning you will reject it. Amen. In fact, this morning we have rejected it. Amen. It is rejected. Amen. It is rejected Amen. in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See, please look up. Disappointments, eh? Don't, they, they come, they come. They do come. Especially when it looks like it's costing you time. Don't worry. What did I say? Don't worry. I have learned enough over the last few years studying scriptures. And it's funny enough, even studying physics, observing science um, theories and all of that. Of course, Albert Einstein was the first to tell us in the physical sciences that time is not absolute. And now it's, it's applied. Do you know this is your phone? Hmm? Yeah, it uses relativity of time to be able to give you accurate GPS directions. Your phone does that. This, this device in your hand, it uses Albert Einstein's theory of relativity to adjust clock time relative to the satellites. Otherwise, if you say, if you just run into the lagoon, when you think you're on Todd Miller Bridge. Do you get my point? So, yeah, it's, it's there. So, they are real things. Before science and physics, we learned it from the Bible. In which God says, with me, a day is what? Like a thousand years. He said, a thousand years also, it's like a day. What does that mean? God says, hey, relax, relax. What men accomplish in a thousand years, I can accomplish in one day. And even though the journey to the promised land is supposed to be a few days, if you annoy me, you won't finish that journey in 40 years. So it works both ways. So, never allow something that looks like time discourage you. Look at the amount of time I have lost. God said I can easily recover the time for you. Yeah. Let me tell you about something about time. If you don't have enough understanding of physics and spiritual things, you will think time is eternal. Time was created. It did not exist at a time. Time started in the beginning. Before the beginning, there was no time. What, you heard what they call the Big Bang. Those of you know a bit about physics. That was when time came into existence in physics. You couldn't measure years and all of that before that time, before that moment. No. So I'm, what I'm trying to get you to understand is that time is a creation. And there's something about God the creator. He's still creating. Yes. Do you know what? He can take your one year, your own one year, 2000 and. 
24 January 1 to 225 January 1. That's one chronological year. He can, for you, take five years and insert it inside. What does that mean? I don't know. But just know I said it. But the practical thing about it is that, look, what people have accomplished in five years, what they will see. Now, actually what God did was that he made you work for five years. And you accomplished it in five years. Except that when they measured your five years, it came out from January 1, 2024 to January 1, 2025. So everybody will say, eh, you did it in one year. Because they're fine. They didn't say what they want to say. He can make 10 years you lost. You will catch up with it. All right? In six months. So 10 years and six months, you are in the same place. Now, you started just six months before that. Oh. But six months after you started, you are in the same place where those who started 10 years and six months before you were there. And if he were to give you that speed to continue, at the end of one year, those guys will need 20 years to reach where you will be. So, I'm just telling somebody, don't let anybody say that, look at the years you have wasted, your time has gone. Tell them, say, I never start. Tell somebody, I have not even started. That I, I'm just warming up. I'm just warming up. I'm just warming up. I'm just warming up. No. No. When you say God is eternal, that's what it means. When you worship an eternal God, that's what it means. So, please, there's no reason for discouragement. There's no reason for, for depression. Just wake up in the morning feeling sad. And where my mates are. Because you want me to show you where your mates are? Just follow me, follow me, follow me. Stop somewhere. So what are we doing here? Calling one angel. Dig. He said the guy was buried. Nobody even remembers where he was buried. After the dig lies five feet. You see, that's your mate. That guy was born exactly two hours after you. So cover it back. Follow me, follow me. Enter one hospital. Open the door. <laughs> You know, you just see one guy that looks like Nebuchadnezzar, seven years. That's your mate. Do we continue? You say you change your mind. Say, before I join them, Lord, let's just go back home. The Lord is good. Okay, now let's pay for today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not part of my message. I can't come here with a message and I won't preach it and you want to go. Who does that? No, nobody does that. Now, let me preach my message I came with. This one, Simon started this one this morning now. Uh, but it turned out to be a good thing. And the Lord is good. <laughs> now let us pray to this message. Walking in divine abundance. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes. The Lord is good. Now let's continue looking at walking divine abundance. Last time I explained the number of points. Of course, let's just remember that we are blessed. Amen? Amen. Yeah, we are, we, are, we are blessed. We are blessed. It's not a joke. We are not making ourselves happy. It's just that light has to be separated from what? Darkness. What I actually want to teach today, let me see what I can really get into before I start getting to review. I'll do my review next time. God conducts blessings through people. Last time I said there are three important things we must bear in mind if we are separating our light from darkness, if we are activating the blessing in our lives. Number one, we walk away from iniquity. We work hard at righteousness. We fight hard for walking in righteousness because we don't want Satan to have any room in us. The prince of this world comes, but he has nothing in me. It's so important. The spirit of poverty is always trying to pull people back 
into lack, into poverty. We have to fight that spirit. You fight it in your personal life. I quoted my friend who said, let's use the principle of Nehemiah. Everybody build your own section of the wall. So even a nation like this, build your section of the wall with righteousness. Number two, I say walk by faith. Walk by faith. Remember, walk by faith all the time. Believe only what God says about you. Behave according to what is instructed in scriptures. One of the ways you walk by faith is by walking by divine precepts, which is exactly the same thing as walking in righteousness. You walk in faithfulness, you make sure that it's only the will of God, the precepts of God that you walk by. And if God says you are rich, you believe it. If God says this life is a poor life, you believe it. What does it mean to walk by faith? He said the godly ones of the land, they are my true heroes. They are my true heroes. You value the things that are above more than the things that are beneath. Number three is be a cheerful giver. And the word cheerful giver or the, the expression is not just about handing out money alone, coming to church and giving an offering. It's about a whole lifestyle, a whole mindset about living. Everything I'm doing, what am I outputting into somebody else's life? How am I blessing somebody? In life, you can be a receiver, and everybody will be a receiver at, at one point or the other. I'll be getting my point. It's more blessed, however, to be what? To give than to what? Receive. But at a point in time in life, you will receive. It's not possible not to receive. Because if you will never receive, where will somebody else give into? <laughs> I hope you're getting my point. So in life, you will receive. You will receive. So I don't want to talk about receiver. Let's just talk about givers and takers. Because you see, eventually, you will receive if you're a giver. Receiving is part of life. You were born receiving. The moment life was given to you, you received life, of course, at birth. Immediately, your mother began to breastfeed you. You were receiving you received care. You received love. You can't even actually give until you have received. So first you are giving in life. They give to you. And then as you are giving, as you are, as you are being given, as you are receiving, you now grow up to the point where you can now start giving. In that same home, after a while, you start running little errands. Then you start giving. I hope you're getting my point. You are just four years old. Your mother will tell you, go and get me something. You go and get it. Bring my shoes for me. You go and get the shoes. Bring my bag. Take it to the room. Now you are doing what? You are giving now. You are beginning to give. And you continue like that. You keep on increasing in the ability to give until you can manage your father's business and he's not around. And he's not paying you anything. No? One of the reasons why I did not like Hillary Clinton that time, you know, you just don't like. You know, they were leading a campaign that children should be paid for household chores. This world is upside down in some places, though. That you pay children for household chores. They are eating that house, though. And they are going to go to school from that house. No problem, now. I will pay you for household chores. Then when your head hurts, you pay me as a doctor. And I will tell you what I charge. And to counsel you. If I train you, I charge you. Don't go out with bad friends. Counseling session. As household chores for two years. One counseling session. Nonsense. Some people just miss me. <laughs> anyway, the point I'm making is that as you grow in life, doing household chores, little things like that, you are now what? You are giving. You are giving. Eventually, you become a main, mainly a giver. You still be receiving on the side. You can't help but receive. You will receive love. You will receive you know, other people's products, 
You know, good things in life you will receive. But you should never be a taker. That's one thing we must never be. Who's a taker? Person always looking for how to grab. The focus is on receiving rather than giving. That's the focus. It's on receiving rather than giving. That is one thing we must never be as a child of God. Being a taker. Be a constant giver. You will receive. And please, learn also to receive. That is, open your heart. Open your hands. Let people bless you. I hope you're getting my point. Uh-huh. If you don't feel like because somebody has blessed you, now you are indebted to the person. You are not indebted. Okay? But just be a constant giver. And then you know that God will actually give to you. You have to receive. A time comes, not even a time because you are always receiving. Both from God and God will make men bring into your bosom. That's just the way it works. All right? But you'll never be a taker. That is not allowed. What are you? A giver. So you're a cheerful giver. You're a cheerful giver. That's the main thing about life we've been emphasizing. And last time, that's what I talked about extensively last time. The fact that we are to be what? Cheerful givers. Now, what I want to just say briefly today, all right? Let's see how far I can go with it. Is the fact that when God wants to bless people, what he does is to bless somebody. Do you hear what I say? When he wants to bless people, when he wants to bless many, what he does is to do what? Bless one person. That person now conducts his blessing into the lives of many. Please bear that in mind. So when God wanted to bless you and I, he called Abraham. I said, Abraham, let's walk together. Two things. Let's walk together. Walk with me. And two, let's work together. Let's do something. All right? And the result is that I will bless you. You will be a blessing. You see, motive, I say, is very important. Motive is very important. A man gets up in the morning to go and do a business or do business, start a company, just whatever it is. And that person goes out to do the same thing. But they can be doing for totally two different motives. One is doing it because he's looking for money to collect from people. And he's functionally actually a taker. To him, giving is an investment. And that person says, no. My aim is to be a blessing. Now, if you see both of them, they are doing the same thing. It appears like. This one buys and sells. This one buys and sells. This one produces. This one produces. But they are doing the same thing with two totally different motives. They're in the same industry. But the spirit behind what they are doing is very different. In one person's you know, angle, the Christian one, the correct one, everything he's doing, he's seeing it as if as the assignment of God through which God is blessing people. That is, I'm not just doing this because I want something. But if God is going to bless people in this nation. Somebody has to carry his blessing and go and spread it. I hope you get my point. In fact, when I was thinking about this, <laughs> I wrote it down during the night. I said, you must touch something. Yeah, you must touch something. What do I mean by touch something? You see, when Jacob was in the house of Laban, a time came, Jacob said, I'm leaving. <laughs> Laban said, don't go. Why do you want to go? Jacob said, I have to, I have to build an inheritance from my children, my descendants. So he said, no, okay, let me know. What do you want me to pay you? What did he say? He said, I have divined that I have been blessed because of you. What am I saying? Laban became well-to-do. Even though he was a bad person, there's no focus on the negative side of Laban. No, he was a Syrian. <laughs> yes, he was a Syrian. 
I'm not saying Syrians are bad people. I'm just telling you where he came from. <laughs> so, the way I'm going is that Laban understood that it was because Jacob was with me. That's why I became this blessed. I hope you're getting my point. So, his wealth was attributable to, let's use the word now, the touch of Jacob. Let's go again to the house of Pharaoh. Pharaoh at that time, I think he became the richest king around. Alright? I will not state, state that as a matter of fact, but you know it's likely to have been true. Now, before that, kings were just kings. You owned your own land. You owned um, your own money. You owned things. Apart from maybe you get tribute, loyalty, royalties and stuff. But in Jacob's case, in, in Pharaoh's case, what God did through um, Joseph was slightly different. Apart from being a normal rich king that kings used to be, legally, the people now had to pay taxes to make Pharaoh very rich. Do you know what happened? The money that Pharaoh had was what Joseph used to store up goods. It didn't amass, amass the grain free of charge, but it was cheap. Maybe one bushel was going for two cents, 15 naira. A bushel. Why? The food was too plenty. If Joseph did not buy it, they couldn't do anything with it anyway. So they sold to Joseph. So essentially, Pharaoh invested billions of naira buying cheap grain. And Joseph stored it well. When it was selling time, food was now scarce. Joseph sold at a good prevailing price of that time, which was no longer 50 naira a bushel. Probably like a thousand naira a bushel. I hope you're getting my point. Now, they bought for years, this is where I'm going, until their money finished. Pharaoh was collecting money. They did not come to Joseph and said, we don't have money again, but we need to eat. And you still have grain. So Joseph said, I'm not going to give you free of charge. You have to find a way to pay. They said, okay, take the land. He said, fine. So they took the land, transferred almost all the land in Egypt to Pharaoh because of what Joseph did. They know what happened. The land finished. They say, but we are still hungry. Joseph said, you got to pay one way or the other. He said, okay, can we sell ourselves? Joseph said, it's okay. Do you know they sold themselves to Pharaoh? So, yes. They sold, so, by that time, it was not Pharaoh's duty to feed his things. Do you get my point? So, once again, they said to Pharaoh, the new food was guaranteed. So, of course, when Rain, uh, maybe the Nile rose again, they could irrigate, and farming started. All the land they were farming on belonged to somebody. So the man said, no problem. They farmed the land. They had to give Pharaoh a cut of The land was now being leased to them. Then they are, remember they sold themselves? So they hired themselves out to themselves and had to pay Pharaoh for hiring. All of it came at the cost of the proportion of grain that Pharaoh would take. So if Pharaoh took only a quarter, you know, he was being generous. You, I own. The land you are working on, I own. So what are you talking about again? The point is that Pharaoh became wealthy because of one man. Pharaoh became wealthy because of one man. The house of Pharaoh became so rich that Egyptians, for them to maltreat the people of Egypt, of um, Joseph, for them to maltreat Joseph's people, do you know God had to change the Pharaoh? That Pharaoh was not the son of the previous one or the grandson of the previous one. 
He had to be a pharaoh that did not care about Joseph. He didn't make any money from Joseph. His family was not rich. Literally, the Hebrew word made it clear that there arose another, the word is another dynasty that did not know Joseph. Bollinger believes he was not even an Egyptian. Yeah, so that one was not even an Egyptian, that he came from somewhere else. He thinks it was an Assyrian. There's a particular scripture he uses, but people interpret it differently. He said, there arose another Pharaoh that did not know Joseph. But let's not talk about the, the new Pharaoh. Let's talk about Joseph. The fact that he touched the business of Pharaoh, and Pharaoh became very rich. Now, let me just tell something, say something to you quickly. The person whose business you touched and who became very rich is not the one that's supposed to pay you as a Christian. I'm not talking about legal or worldly issues. There's a reason why I'm emphasizing that. It's God that we pay. Because you know Laban, you know Laban, he tried everything to ensure he did not pay Jacob. At the end of the day, you know what happened? God paid Jacob by himself. Just bear that in mind. What I'm saying so is that, don't worry. You know, this issue, don't worry, it's so important. Don't worry about it. Go out where you are serving, serve there very well. The man is making a lot of money with all the work I'm doing. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't be covetous. Because I know it will sound like, uh, how can you call it covetousness? It is covetousness. See, this is already said he's going to pay. Collect it and do the work. Ah, before I came here, all he was making in a month was just like 1.5 million in profit. Since I came, sir, I know now 10.5. I know if you can only give me 1 million out of it, is it too much? No, but you are, you're a thief. What did I say? You don't want to repeat it. <laughs> that attitude is called a covetous heart. So you want him to remain poor to justify your little pay. If you come to me without asking for counsel, I'll tell you, don't worry about it. Did you have an agreement when you started? Yes. Why would you say you pay this amount you agreed on? Eh? Is he paying it? Yes, leave it now. Eh? Look at what? Leave it. <laughs> oh God, how do, I know? how do I say this to Christians? Don't worry about it. Take pride in being the Joseph in his life. Yes. Let him know, like Laban knew, that Jacob is in my life. And leave it there. Don't be, don't be eyeing the thing that came into the other person's life because of you. As if you deserve a part of it. I give you the word of the Spirit today. You don't. You know what God is saying to you? I will pay you at my own Time. Ah, before I came here, they are still, how much would they sell it? Was not just 2.5 in a month, of which only about uh, 500,000 was profit. Since I came, it has, said it has gone up now to about 30 million. And there's no money, they don't pocket like 3 million profit. Do you know they still pay me only 15,000 there? The question I will ask is, was that the agreed pay? The answer is yes. Take it and leave it there. And you can't resign. Oh, some people say, I will go somewhere else. You'll be amazed that God said, if you live here, I'll collect my gift back. Sometimes Yusuf don't understand. Tell me just tell you something about this life. Eh? Just go around knowing that it's not only you that God wants to bless you. The person you are saying that, uh, look at how much money he's making now that I have come. Because uh, he's the one I want to bless. Your own time has not come. You are an instrument. I'm using you. No, no, you don't understand. I am using you. Basically, you are nothing. 
It is me that I say I want to bless him. And in case you don't, I will remove you and use a machine, AI, to replace you and bless him. So cool your temper. And for your information, sow your own seed now. So that tomorrow I'll use 10 people to bless you and you two don't have to pay them. Now, please, you will pay. You won't do like your girl. No, because, you see, <laughs> now, sometimes when you are saying something, people think you are justifying. I'm not talking about labor. I'm talking about Jacob. I am not talking about Pharaoh. I'm talking about who? Joseph. I'm talking about how you should handle your matter. If you are the one that God is using somebody else to bless, I know what I will tell you. But I don't want to discuss that one now at all. I'm discussing you that God is using to bless somebody. Because, you know, let me tell you something about Christianity. It's very, it's very, it's very revolutionary. It's very unusual. The wisdom of God in the ears of men is like foolishness. Meanwhile, they are the ones that are foolish. But they think God is the one that is foolish. They think the wisdom of God is the one that is foolish. Actually, it is the wisdom of this world that is foolish. But let's use the word wisdom for a moment for the wisdom of the world. They sound wise in their own ears. They say, don't agree. Go to the man's office and tell him if he doesn't doesn't give you a cut of what they are making, you are leaving. If you have ever asked me for counsel, you know I will never tell you that kind of thing. In fact, if you are young enough, I will pull your ear. When you have shouted, ah, pastor, I will not release it. Say, go back there and go and walk. Say, for how long? Say, I don't know yet. There are times I counsel for I tell them, say, I don't know yet. Then the joke I give, it, well, it really happened, but it's funny. One brother saw me in Abuja. He wanted to talk to me, but the church I was in, they have this you know, serious protocol, so he couldn't come. He had to travel to Enugu. And I felt sorry. I wish he had seen me in Abuja. Or if he had managed to call me or call somebody that would tell him to play, I need to see Pastor. I told him to see so he could see me in Abuja without traveling all the way to Enugu. When they got to Enugu, he said, my, guy wants to, my boss, of course, my boss wants to move me from one department to another. Uh-huh. So what's the problem? He doesn't feel called to the other side. He likes the one he's in. I said, you think all of us are doing the things we like? I said, that's why you travel from Abuja to Enugu to come and see me. He said, yes. I couldn't believe it. I said, are you serious? He said, yes. I said, anyway, go back to Abuja and go and do what your boss said. Looks at me like this, like, what? I said, yes. Laban has been putting your life for this season for a reason. Hey, does that rhyme? <laughs> Whoa. Yes. Laban has been putting your life for this season for a reason. You know, my friend, go back there. For how long? I don't know. There are times I counsel people, I say, I don't know. Just go. There, there are people that after some time, I say, no, I think the time is now ripe. I don't ever counsel people. Look, I don't ever counsel people to get out from a place because I become uncomfortable. My counsel for get out really has to do with something else. It's become polluted. It's not the place of your rest because of the pollution. Uh-huh. Or now they say, you can no longer serve in righteousness, the gift of God in you can no longer be used. For me, those are the signs I used to say it's now time. There are some other signs God may show you. There are times God will say, you, get up, get up, get up. Yeah, move. Just, that was what happened to, with Jacob. 
A day came, God said, time to go. But just because uh, the man is making so much money, he's not sharing with me, it's not a godly reason. It's not. God also wants to bless him, and you are the instrument. Don't say, what's my cut in it? It does not work like that. It's God that will pay you back at the right time. He knows the time. You don't. You know, sometimes, let me tell you something there. If Potiphar helps you before the time, you have missed your destiny. I don't think you understood me. What did I say? You have missed your destiny. You know what I mean? You are doing so well in the house of Potiphar. Potiphar comes. Or maybe you, you, you are the one that now went and said, Oh God, please, not like I want to cause problems in this household. But I don't like the way my dad is looking at me. <laughs> so Potiphar says, Don't worry, sit down, Joseph. Myself, I've been looking at her. We are going to set her up. Whatever she says, just pretend like you are agreeing. I'll be waiting in the room. And then you now help Mrs. General Potiphar catch Mrs. Potiphar. And then they carry Mrs. Potiphar and divorce her and punish her. And you are feeling good in the house. Potiphar now says, So Joseph, where did you come from again? Sir, originally, I'm not a slave. We are not slaves in our family at all. In fact, I'm a prince of God. My father has a covenant. He said, are you serious? Yeah, my father, his name is Jacob. I have 11 brothers, not to count sisters. Ah, so Potiphar says, all right, you know what? Let me take you back home myself. He puts you on the chariot and they send you back. So they're calling me once in a while. Oh, are you getting my point? The, the, you know, you feel good. Oh? Ah. You will feel very, very good. It's good to serve well in the house of the master and help him expose the mistress. Then the day Pharaoh dreams a dream. Everybody will suffer, including you. Yeah, because you're not there. Did you ever interpret a dream for Potiphar? No, you're a co-conspirator in exposing adulterous wives. That's all. Now, what am I going to say? It's not everybody that is helping you that's actually helping you. Some people are just helping you live your destiny. Go back to your father's house. And you will never know you'll be very comfortable. The people that are really leading you to a destiny, usually they are very bad people. <laughs> oh, yes, they, are, they can be bad. Like Potiphar sends you to prison. He meant it for evil. But that's the road to your destiny. Because were you not that you were in prison, bro, how will you meet the cup bearer? Who will, you, you, who will take your name to Pharaoh at the appropriate time? How would you? For being the house of Potiphar, you know what Joseph got? Nothing. That is, in let's share the prophet. Nothing. The only thing he got physically was jail. But that was the place of appointment. These are, these are stories we know, but we don't like to apply it to ourselves. Because when, when it's time to apply it, it doesn't feel good. Let me be honest with you. Forget this one I'm preaching. If I'm Joseph, I will not volunteer to go to that jail. Did you hear my point? I'm telling you that it's not only you. That's what I'm saying. With all this one that I've preached now, that jail, I will not volunteer. I'm not saying I won't go. Did I say I won't go? No, some people are misunderstanding me. Some people just go and misunderstand it. Did I say I will not go? What did I say? I won't volunteer. I'm just going to say, excuse me, who wants to go to jail? It's me. 
That may be the place of destiny. It may also be the place of death. I know they go. <laughs> but if you carried me there, that's what I'm saying. I will just, I won't complain. I will give thanks. I'm just saying that it's natural for us not to want to quickly apply that to ourselves. But the fact is that we still have to. What have I said so far on that point? Important lesson in life. If God is using you to bless somebody, stop going around making demands. You see all this strike, where Nelson they strike all the time. I hope you know it's not godly. Now, please, get my point. I'm not saying government should oppress the NLC. That's it so. I didn't say the, work, the industry should oppress the workers. I'm just saying if you're a Christian, God does not expect you to be using strikes to make a point. Now, they are not operating the Christian principle, so let's leave that out. I'm just teaching believers. God will use you to bless people. Let's forget what you are going to get in return. Many times, the place where God will use it the most, you get nothing. When you are leaving, what you get is a handshake. And that's why you didn't go to jail. Be content with the fact that the fellow kept his own agreement. Even if he did not, God will still bless you at the right time. I hope you're getting my point. Even if he didn't, even if he doesn't, at the right time, the Lord will bless you. God paid Jacob by himself. We don't want to talk about how he did it now. But he did. He forced, now for your information, Laban used every method. He said, if the animal is spotted, an animal is striped, that will be mine. Jacob removed all those. No, which one will be his? Is it the plain one? No, I think the spotted and the striped one. Yes. He removed the spotted and the striped and removed them so that Jacob won't get anything. God said, there's no problem. You know what is going to happen? From now on, all these your plain animals you are seeing, you will know they, had, they have hidden Mendelian genes. That were, I kept them recessive all these years. So as the strong animals are mating, they are giving birth to spotted and striped animals until Jacob became richer than Laban. So God will pay you in his own time. That's the point I'm making. But we went all of that. That's a small digression, actually. The main thing I'm trying to say is that, see your hands, it's been designed by God to impart a blessing. Many times it's not, you go and impart a blessing to a place that, in quote, is not your own. Just get up in the morning, you go somewhere and just pour a blessing in there. What should matter to you as a child of God that you are a blessing? Wait, what's the name of somebody that's pouring blessing? Hmm? And I don't want the word channel. I want like uh, show, those guys that shovel. A blessing bucket, a blessing dispenser. They're the one serving blessed everywhere. That's the one that should matter to you. Take your pride. You know, this word takes pride in which motor car I got as a result? How much money I made? Listen, I said at the beginning, the gold of that land is good. That the, the, the gold is in the kingdom. And how do you work in the kingdom? Is by changing your perspective concerning things. Start counting your blessing by how much you impacted people. There's one particular musician, a uh, well, Christian musician, all right? I won't mention the name now. But at the point in time, for certain reasons, I won't mention the names. It's not as if it's a bad thing, okay? But I just need to emphasize some things without mentioning names, actually. He became very well known in Nigeria. If I mention it, it's a name every single person here will know. Unless you are younger than maybe 15. You will know his name. Very big guy. He said he built te- somebody who knows him personally. When our house then, this was long ago, all right? We were just setting up our home, so just moving to that area. So we had the CD. CDs were raining that time. So we're playing it. All of us were enjoying him. So the, his pastor was speaking. 
And now I want to digress now, start gisting. All the successful can have pastors anyway. Pastors will now be claiming my son, my daughter. She has school for 39 hours, or is it 39 days? And then somebody said, this is your daughter. Have you gone to her Instagram page? It's your daughter in the Lord. Because you cook successfully, now it's not your daughter. If you are not ashamed to call this one daughter, I wonder the church of Jesus people are going to. The Lord is good. So the pastor was talking that day. He said, ah, so, you know, the, this way, you know, pastor will know how to do this. Said, and the Lord will bless you. And the way he bless my son. And made him an overnight success. He? There was one man of God with me. He shouted. He said, overnight success. Overnight success. Ha! I know this man. He's not an overnight success. He said, he told me that God told him he needed to build 10 choirs. Did you hear what I said? That he built choirs, you know, to good level in 10 churches before God gave him a breakthrough. The, the, the man of God was me. He, he, he didn't know when he screamed. When the man said, you know, you, God will now also make you an overnight success. Over, over with him. This Jacob was in the house of Laban. Ten different choirs he was building for Laban. You are telling me overnight success. But the point is that when God wanted to give him a breakthrough, so to speak, it was not from any of the churches. It was global. His fame spread from one corner of Nigeria to another. And all over Africa, indeed the rest of the world. Everywhere he went, he was a phenomenon. That's everywhere he was going. People were stopping him everywhere to greet him. You come out of the market. Who Enter market with your wife. People will be gathering. It's him. It's him. It's him. The breakthrough in code did not come from any of the ten choirs he built. But please, my message for this morning in that area is that this is your hands. It's meant to do what? Impact a blessing. And that's what you should be focused on. And what I wanted to emphasize is that please, touch something. What did I say? You see, that's my emphasis for today. Maybe because of time, we'll probably continue next time. I want you to touch something. Don't be idle. You're not going and look and say, well, what can I grab? No, it's what can I touch? I didn't intend to start with this, but it came that way. You may have to go and touch something for somebody first. Sometimes God says, listen, I know you are not hungry. I've given you food. I've given you raiment. I've made you comfortable. Which is what the world does. The world now say that, what else do you want? You say, listen, I have to touch something. You know, I can't die with the blessing inside me. It's not good. Sometimes we believers, we start businesses, we start services, we start things. Not because we are looking for anything. And that's how real men live. But because we just have to be touching something. I hope you're getting my point. You just have to. When God impacts gifts in your hand, uh -uh, he doesn't want to keep it there. Because I've listened to Kenneth Hagin a lot. I like to use his stories. He said, there was an anointing that used to come upon him. Now listen to this. This is interesting. He will be sitting down. Maybe he's ministering. He said it happened to him a number of years. All right, maybe like when I say a number of years now. Maybe it happened once today. It happened again in three years' time. So maybe in about five years, it happened twice. So it's not something that used to be very frequent. So the way he used to minister, and a lot of ministers in, those, in that country, people come to be prayed for because they have an affliction or the other. So they stand in a line. So as he's ministering with people one by one, well, of course, later on, they had to stop that because crowd became too plenty. In fact, one man of God then started doing what they call 
um, what they call wholesale healing. It was one that stopped touching people. You just have to start praying for more that they go. Before, what they used to do is one by one, one by one. But so they stand in the line. Can they get a young man then? So when you get to him, what do you want? Sometimes they want to give their lives to Christ. You pray with you, give it to somebody else to go and counsel. Sometimes they need healing. Sometimes they want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, whatever. And you're praying to the healing anointing. He said, but this anointing will come once in a while. He said, one way or the other, I know it won't last. So you know what he used to do? He said it used to be very heavy. So instead of people coming one by one to him, you know what he does? He starts running and touching them as quickly as possible. He said, anybody he will touch will go down. Bam. Nobody could withstand. Even he found it hard to withstand. How much more you that were not prepared at all? But the point is that all those that went down, eh, they are getting healed. They are being filled with the Holy Spirit. They are getting healed. Every single person he touches, we go down, we get healed, or we feel with the Holy Spirit. So after some time, the thing will just, he said, he just knew it wouldn't last. Well, according to him, he said that maybe because I really couldn't withstand it for long. So that any time it happens, that's why I'm talking about it. You know what he would do? He rushes to what? Touch people. He just, he just rushes and be touching people. And everybody on that line that he touches is going down. Under the heavy anointing. And the person is rising up healed or filled with the Holy Spirit. Is that touch thing I'm talking about? One reason why we Christians do things is that we have to touch something. Don't talk like poor people. Not like poor people. I don't mean physically cash poor, but mentally poor. Now please, we always swing to the things of the world sometimes so we be able to explain. You go and say, eh, what's Dangote looking for? I say, oh boy, he has to touch something. God has put a gift of wealth in his hands. He can't sit down and be buying boats and buying plane, which is what poor people think wealth is for. He said, after all, he has a house in the village. After all, he has one in Lagos. I've seen the one he has in Abuja. What are these men still looking for? I heard he went to open another cement factory in Nasarawa. Bishop Oedipo, he's cleaning out with Covenant University and Hallman. What is he now doing with the one he wants to open in Calabar? I heard he wants to open one in Kenya. What are these men looking for? Verily, verily, I say unto you, you are an ignoramus. And that's been nice this morning. No matter I will have called you something far worse than that. But you are poverty afflicted, mentally ignoramus. Yeah, mentally you are poverty afflicted. What you do not know is that if Covenant University is the only one he built, those who are going to landmark now, which school will they go to? Somebody has to build another one. Federal universities in Nigeria are overpopulated. I don't mean any insult. Most of them are not teaching anything. That's why I will just get to go on strike for eight months. And they will still be sleeping well at night. If I don't preach for two months, I think I will have a sleeping problem. You don't think so? Yes, that spirit of depression will just come. Yet, Asu will stay at home for eight months to negotiate more money. The point I'm making, however, all right, please, you get my principle, is that, look, don't insult anybody, don't just get angry. Look, they are rendering a service. It's critical. It's critical. What's Additional's first name? Our former minister. The bank of, uh, the African bank guy. Akinwumi, yes. Yeah, Akinwumi. Akinwumi, additional says something. 
He said the man that made him happiest in all his days as minister of Nigeria was Aleko Dangote. He said the happiest day of his life, being a minister in Nigeria, was Aleko Dangote. He walked into his office and agreed to invest $300 million in rice production. He said he had been begging this rich man, bring money now, guys, you have it. Dangote didn't need the money from rice. Shortly after that was one we talk about once in a while, when he was paid $770 million in dividends in one year from cement alone. Do you hear what I said? I didn't say he sold cement of $770 million. I said they gave him a loan. He's not the only owner of those companies. His own share of dividends in one year. So he wasn't looking for money. Yet, Adishina said he entered his office that day and said $300 million. He said, he, he was like, God, this man finally got my point. Because what happens is that you have to create a value chain. They don't have to buy rice farms. What they just do is, there's a, there's a way they will just put their money in. That will encourage production. That's why some of them started tomato factory. They didn't need tomato. They didn't need money for t- They didn't need money from food processing. If you are getting money from cement, you don't need money from food. You, you want to know the truth? You don't. It's not worth the headache. It's not worth the headache. It's not. But this man will come. So Adishina said, he was so excited that day. Ha! He thanked him very much. God bless you, Alaji. God bless you. He was so happy. Then a few days later, at, here and them, they, they, told, they said they used to fight all the time. <laughs> of course, rich men fight. I hope you get my point. I don't mean all these poor boys fighting on the street. I mean like, rich men don't draw that guy. Are you getting my point? The blood is too expensive. All these ones that have no hope. No God, no Christ, as the one that will be using knife to, to fight themselves. I mean, when rich men fight, you, you just quarrel over. I'm not going to give you two billion dollars. What do you mean? <laughs> he said, "But we agree, you'll invest three billion. I'm sorry, I've, I've taken my nine billion dollars to another place. That's not this one. Go motor park. Oh, now my passenger." <laughs> The dra- 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 drag knife on passenger. And the Lord prosper you in Jesus' name. <laughs> so he said, they're here and they used to argue a lot about things like that, you know, different perspectives. So because of that one day, then go to enter his office again. He's like, he has come again, that kind of attitude. Like, what is it this time? So the man said, he has changed his mind about the $300 million. Ha! Depression I wanted to enter. Ha, what happened now? I thought you said, he said, now it's going to be one billion. Oh, he said that was the happiest day of all the days he was a minister. That nobody made him as happy as that man because he said, I will invest one billion dollars into rice production. I hope you're getting my point. You, if you have heard me long enough, you know, I passionately dislike people who will be insulting men like David Oyedepo because I feel like you are too ignorant about life. You don't understand the impact they are making. You only say, how can a man of God be fly, pri- flying private jet? If you talk there again, I will tell God never to give you a private car. What's wrong with you? Shut your mouth. One day, I was listening to Afe Babalola. Now, you, see, let me tell you something for those of you who don't know. This big university that you see, you hear about, they don't make money. They, they can't make money the way, unless they don't run it well. You give Bishop Oedipo one million naira to educate your child for a year. One day I thought about it. What are cheap secondary schools even charging for that same year? No, go and calculate it. The expensive secondary schools in Enugu now are collecting more than that in a year. 
And you know what they are teaching? Biology, chemistry, civic education, basic studies. So that's what they are teaching. No, but they will collect from you that one million naira in a year. And that does not include bus fees. And it's not burden. Somebody will take that money from you and give your child accommodation. And you will be able to abuse him. Now, if God refused to bless you, wouldn't you understand that he's just? You know, God, to, to bless ignorant people is hard. God said, I wanted to bless you, but you are too stupid. No, he said, no, seriously. Look, come and see. You see, he said, that blessing. Yes, yours. Why need you give me, Lord? Ah, if I give you for one, I will collect it. Because you don't have enough sense to know how to handle things. Lord, how do you know? I heard you talk at the beer parlor. I heard you talk after church service. You opened your mouth and insulted people that are touching things. Now, please, this is not an assessment of Bishop Oedipo's ministry, okay? I just want to explain the principle. If you ask me, should you open another university, my answer is yes. I hope you get my point. Okay? If you can do the one you did in um, in, uh, Ogun, if you can do it in Enugu, Kingdom will, will, will start sponsoring students there. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Okay, come and put it here. What is our own? Let me tell you what, what will happen. He pays his lecturers on time. Have you ever heard of a Covenant University lecturers went on strike? Is UNN lecturers that go on strike? The other day, my student, let me not mention somewhere. It's not UNN, another school. They didn't teach them for like four months. They, they didn't go on strike, but they said they would not teach students. Why? The lecturer said they had not been promoted for like five years. That the VC needed to explain that until then, no lectures. You think that's how we are going to continue in this life? I'll tell you about Fabala. Ask Reverend Yinka. That man, they didn't need money for university. I mean, he's an old man. But years ago, he was giving a speech during the graduation of their school. They have a university in the kit. Now, that school, at that time, I think they had, they were number one or number two in law in Nigeria. Oh, yes. You know, he's a lawyer. So he poured it into the faculty of law. They were studying petroleum engineering. My friend's daughter finished from there. I think they, I don't know, I think they started medical school. <laughs> so the man was now, he was giving a, like, you know, their graduation was beginning his speech. He said, we're a true federal university. What did he mean? That we have students from every state in Nigeria, every geopolitical zone of Nigeria. At that time, he had over 6,000 students. 6,000. Which, if he wasn't there, they have to come and struggle at Federal University in Akure. They have to go to other state, the state university there. They put pressure on those places. And his lecturers don't go on strike. What I want to leave with you, eh, watching my time, is that you must touch something attitude. As a Christian, God has given the ability to touch something. Hagin said he will rush and touch. It gets to a point in time in your life. You will get there. Somebody listening to me, you're already there. Many people listening, you will get there. That see, you look into your pocket. You are called to be a business person. You have, you have a lot of money. Somebody say, come and build this side of a house. You look at the house. You want this person to build. So I, I can build it, but I don't need it. Let's touch something else. Someone say, what are you looking for? I want to employ another 300 people. That's what I'm looking for. 
I've been telling Nigerians in health sector, somebody should touch it. Look, you should. The way these men are putting money into, I pray that God will take them to that level, to put money in health. What are we doing going abroad for what? There's nothing people do abroad we can't do. I know my colleagues, there's nothing they can't do. When I mean it, it's not pride. It's because when you go there, they are the ones you see. You know, because we are streaming, I can't give as many names. You know, those of you know from before the days of streaming, before COVID, you know, the G's where we're. G's don't spoil now because of all these streaming people. If I up the mic, the people next hall. But in this city, there's a particular surgeon. They do some of these difficult surgeries and all of that. He operates in Nenugu here. You know why, why he operates in Nenugu? He had operated in London for like 20 years and he was tired. So he came back home to be operating in Enugu. I don't know whether I get my point. Yes. So instead of going to London for his surgery, <laughs> if you catch him in Enugu, if he, with the right equipment, he does the same thing for you. I thank God some people are already doing it now in certain places in Nigeria. But we need to build in this nation. We need to build massive... You know, when I went to do a, a, a course in US many years ago, there's a place where I was. My hospital was in a place called Texas Medical Center. If you hear Texas Medical Center, what do you assume? It's one institution, right? Yeah, but it's not. It's a cluster. You know, we call an industrial cluster. There are at least five world-renowned hospitals there. The first place heart transplant was done in the world was it's just down the road from where my own hospital was. Mine was the second biggest cancer center in America. So I take a bus from my side. You say you are going to TMC. That's TMC. The bus doesn't stop. Stops only once until you get there. Then after it starts stopping every street. And you, people are coming down. See massive hospitals all over the place. People come from all over the world. There's no reason why people should not come all over the world to where we are. There's, brethren, there's no reason why. Are we not going to India? Well, you know, many of us, what they just say, they want, we think the aim of this whole thing is to build a big house. So when you see a man has built a bigger, you say, what is he still looking for? You know, I've told you, this is your affliction of poverty. Remove it from your mind so that God can help you in this life. God has been struggling for a long time. Make his life easy. I hope you're getting my point. Look, see, there are different levels of touch. Some, yeah, like could go to one billion dollars. That's heavy touch, all right? That's an anointed touch. But sometimes you, you're not at that level. You're not even at the one million dollar level. It's just a level in which you can just say, hey, wait. These people are trying to establish. Let me go and touch what they are doing. My name is Jacob. My name is Joseph. I will transform it for them. I finish from there. I leave there. I go. I'm a, I'm a sub-toucher. You know what they call sub-toucher? But once I enter, you see, I don't have Alekos $1 billion, right? But if I enter into the place, he put the billion, I'll make it 10. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes, I, didn't, I don't have the money to do that. But if I come, my name, I mean, Pharaoh is the one that had the $1 billion. I hope you're getting my point. Joseph didn't have the $1 billion. But when Joseph came, he turned the $1 billion to 100 That's what I'm trying to say. Joseph didn't go there, say, I had $1 billion. No. He said, oh, God, you have put down $1 billion. Leave the rest to me. Come back in 10 years, it's going to be worth 200 See, let me say this. Then I, I, I've finished my message, Okay. And the country you want to go to, somebody touched it. And in your life, ask yourself, when I get there, what am I going to do? If I'm just going to be helping Joseph measure grain, I'm not going. Do you get my logic? 
No, I'm not going. Let me go back home and be family. If you are not going to give me the opportunity to say, I touched this thing and I transformed it. See, that's the attitude I'm asking. It's just an attitude. Okay, I wanted to start today with this before I started talking about other things. My job as a preacher of the gospel, just to reprogram the mind. Be transformed how? Transformation comes from the renewing of the mind. So if you just follow what I'm saying and you start thinking the way I'm saying you should think, God will open doors of opportunity for you. Amen. Yeah, he will. That's what he's going to do. One day you're going to see a man and says, ah, ah, my father was sick. We went up and down like this because of this. We had to go abroad. I don't want that to happen again. Come on. After a billionaire, what can you do? Don't be greedy. You know some people, how, how would they get out of it what they are thinking? God will not give you such opportunities. Guide the man into what we can do to stop people like your father from having to travel. You know, I said it earlier. It doesn't mean you will get, you know what? This grabby, grabby, take, take, take is the reason why we really cannot be fully impactful. We want recognition. We want reward. Take pleasure in the fact that this man had the 10 billion and I knew nothing to do with it. At the end of 10 years, it's because of me. That thing is standing. You don't work there now? No. Why? I just wanted to help them set up. Thank God it's running. Now, people run. What is he giving you? Did I go there to look for something from him? So I'll now go and say, hmm, hmm. I know where that hospital was before I came. Look at where they are now. Do you know even official car didn't give me? I just left it to God to judge. God said, you are a thief. He said, God said, I will judge you the thief. Do your work gladly. If he gives you a job there as a specialist, as a, a specialist administrator, whatever it is, take it, take the salary and be happy. Tell yourself, look, man, that this thing must not fail. I pray that it will be standing within seven years. That's the time I've given it. And I take the success of the failure as my personal responsibility. So that when you are waking up in the morning, you are pl- praying. Remember I said the primary assignment you have is intercession. If you wake up in the morning, you are praying for the place. You wake up, you go to sleep at night, it's on your mind. You are using all kinds of ingenuity. That's why I don't understand people, you know, you'll be, they, they, they put you as a boss in the place. You are telling supplier, what's my cut? You're a thief. Uyoshi. That morning, the supplier is cutting you. It's cutting from your, 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 your boss. It's cutting from the owner. Don't lie to yourself. You, that's where it's coming from. If I were you, I'll use it to, to drive for better prices. Okay, come on. Those of us who are working, what's our cut? You guys, okay. Uh, it's 10,000 per unit. So talking about getting a good deal. Just say, okay, guys. Okay, how much for us? Say 10%. All right, so 10,000 a unit, eh? I will get 10%. He says, yes. Say, okay, good. Write the quote, 9,000 a unit. Eh, eh, you just said 10% for us, have you? You've knocked, 10, you've knocked 10% off for your company. Don't, don't be greedy, yes. Tell the guy, say, you are ready to give us 10% now for facilitating the deal. Is that not so? Since we work here, we cannot take that money in righteousness. But because you are willing to part with it, we will take it. We just beat your quotation down to 9,000 naira per unit. Don't worry, you'll get your money full. You don't need any enticement or inducement. The day I did it to one man, he said, which one is your church? <laughs> now, that's why he asked me. He said, which one is your church? I said, what do you mean my church? He was shocked. A civil servant will do this. I said, my friend, I'm a Christian, yes, I admit. Guilty as charged. 
But it's not the church I go to. Leave that thing. Where I'm going is that, look, let's not have this grabby attitude. What should be in your heart is that, hey, if I, anything I touch, anything I touch must turn to gold. It must prosper. And there's a scripture like that. Let's just read it and then we'll close with it. John chapter 7. Jesus was speaking there. And then we'll go back to actually where he referred, where he was referring to from Ezekiel. That will be Ezekiel chapter 47. So let's read that John chapter 7 first. Are you there? Verse, um, my Bible actually opened there. 37, let's start from 37. Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being we flow rivers of living water. Now, please, he said, this is spoke of the Spirit, which those who believed in him were to receive. At that time, however, the Spirit was not yet given. Now, if the Spirit was not given, let me ask you a question. Then why would Jesus say, come and drink? It's simple. He had the Spirit. They were coming to him to drink. But John added a commentary that the same way people came to Jesus to drink, the believers also we have the Spirit in them. But at this point, they didn't have. Everybody had to go to Jesus. But those who believed were going to receive that Spirit. And they will go out and tell people, come unto me and do what? Drink. Because out of my belly is flowing now rivers of what? Living water. So if I go into an office and they put me in charge, river of living water must flow there. Now this is how the river goes. Quickly. Ezekiel 47. Now for time's sake, we'll not read everything. We'll just read what is said happened to that river. It said from verse 9, it will come about, please, if you have time, read from the beginning, the water began to flow from inside the temple. And you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen? amen. If you believe, you say amen to that. Oh. Amen. Say, I am, I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. The of the Holy Spirit. Say, we are, we are the, body of Christ, the body of Christ, the temple of the Holy Spirit. The of the say, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The of the say, the church is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Say, I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's important. So, from that temple... He said water was flowing. It began as a trickle in verse 2. Then as time went on, you see distance. He measured a thousand cubits, which actually you must also understand refer to time. The water became water reaching the ankles. When you start this thing, it will be like a trickle. But just let it continue. In time, it will be like water reaching the ankles. They measured another thousand cubits. It was water reaching the knees. Then another thousand, it was water reaching the loins. Then another thousand, this is like, if you go and check it, like the fourth year Jesus was talking about. And it was like a river I could not ford. I couldn't just manage to walk through it. I had to swim through it. The water had risen enough to swim in. Which means now this water could feed multitudes. A water that could not be forded. Now, look at verse 7. Now, when I had returned, behold, on the bank of the river, 
there were very many trees on the one side and on the other. Then he said to me, these waters go out towards the eastern region. Hallelujah. It goes to the eastern region. Amen. Amen. I said this water is going to the eastern region. It's going to the eastern region. It's going to the eastern region. Enugu is blessed. Everywhere around here is blessed. I told one of our brothers, I said this city will be a hub for education. This city will be a hub for health care. This city will be a hub for industry. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now they're only running now to the city to come and build house and live in it. They will run here to come and find work. They will come here for healing. They will send children to be educated here. Those of you in the back, you can claim your own. We're just telling you that this water is flowing to this eastern region. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) He said, these waters go out toward the eastern region and go down into the Arabah. And they go toward the sea. Be made to flow into the sea. Now listen to this. And the waters of the sea become fresh. He said, it will come about. This is where I was reading verse 9. It will come about that every living creature which swarms in every place where the river goes will live. Poor people will become rich. Sick people will become well. Wherever the river goes, he said there will be very many fish. For these waters go there and the others become fresh. So everything will live where the water goes. Out of their bellies will flow this river. Out of you will flow a river. So you are a blessing to this generation. When we say be a cheerful giver, that's what we mean. We're just going out to give. We are saying that, look, God, I may not have a billion dollars like this man had to give. That's for Pharaoh to give. But my name is Joseph. I come with the wisdom of God. And in case you have the billion dollars also, drop it somewhere. Touch something. Touch your neighbor. Say, touch something. Touch somebody. Say, touch something. Say, there's life inside you. There is life inside you. It has to make the sea fresh. It will make the trees grow. Say, it will make trees grow. It will make the land flourish. But you must release it. You must touch something. Say it, you must touch something. Say it to somebody else. Say, you must touch something. Father God, the ability to touch and for the flow of that river, that river of blessing, Lord, release it upon everyone who has paid attention this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now listen to this. A door of opportunity is opening for you. Now, please, you know, we now, what we call opportunity, is not, ah, I went there, and I just grabbed. Are we grabbers? No, are we takers? No, what are we? No, what are we? No. Givers. So when I say a door of opportunity will open, that's what we are focusing on. The door to touch something. The door to impact a blessing. There are people that go and say, come, where you are working is good, though. You have worked, you have worked well. It's been six years, seven years. Now come. Now this company I want to take you to is small. But I'm like, where you are coming from, here I'm going to put you in charge. And if you work with me, in five years, it will be bigger than where I'm taking you out of. 
Yeah, it's, it's going to happen literally to somebody. So don't despise that day of small beginnings. I hope you're getting my point. See, let me say something. The way God leads Christians, eh? Many times we are praying for eh, Holy Spirit, speak. Holy Spirit, speak. Holy Spirit, speak. Holy Spirit says, I have spoken. The way I speak hmm, is simple. I will give you instructions. I will give you understanding. Then I will open a door of opportunity for you. But because you are listening to me, what other... Now, nobody will think it's a door of opportunity. They will think it's a step down. Ah, look how much you are being paid where you are. Hey, here, you're already a manager. Look at the money they are paying you. That man is offering you how much? Just a little more than half of what you are getting here. What is the problem? But in your mind, God has given you one unsettled spirit for the last one year where you are deliberately. You have brought 10 proposals to advance your company and your MD did not even read it. It's God that says you don't read it. You know why God says you don't read it? So you get restless. So when you turn your eye, what you are seeing here is, uh those 10 points, I will do them here. You're just going there to exercise yourself. For you, the ability to touch and have control, to exercise, is more valuable to you than money. So that is how the Holy Spirit leads a lot of times. It's just to show you a different value system. So when they open the door, you say, I'm taking it. You say, you're taking what? What do you mean? Because they are only thinking about money. But you are saying that, no, this life of God in me, eh, you will not crowd, you will not, you won't put a lid on it forever. You know, there's a way the spirit will be inside you. It'll be like fire shut up in your bones. You're like, no, now I have to, I have to do something in this life. Let me build something that is small and make it great. And that door is opening for somebody. The spirit of faith to step into it, it will come with it. He said, the Lord has sent me and his spirit. He's not saying do this by your energy. He said, don't worry. I will even give you the willingness. You will be doing what everybody else will think is foolish, but you will be so bold and confident. Yes, it is the spirit of God that is leading you. And that door is opening for somebody very shortly. Give the Lord thanks for this morning. Say, Lord, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And listen, I'm going to tell you this. You will not walk into that place with affliction in your body. God is giving you a new assignment. He's giving you full health with it. In the name of Jesus Christ. Every reproach is gone. Every reproach is going away. In the name of Jesus Christ. Give Lord thanks this morning. Say, Lord, we thank you.